Hello and welcome back to Nerd Geek Doric, the podcast where we talk about the nerdy, geeky, and dorky side of pop culture. Uh, I'm Pete the Retailer uh, from Star Wars Minute, but also from here. And I'm Mel Adam from uh, your favorite album, as well as from here. My name's Rich Duncan. I'm uh, guesting on the blog, the blog, the yeah, podcast. Like... I'm guesting on the podcast today. <laughs> it's uh, like a blog. <laughs> I, uh, I co-wrote a book called The Werewolf's Guide to Life, a manual for the newly bitten. And I did a uh, blog ages ago called uh, whatishappeningtome.blogspot.com. My name is Mike Dawson. I'm a cartoonist. My most recent book is called Angie Bongiolati, and I also host the podcast TCJ Talkies at the Comics Journal. Yeah, thanks, guys, for coming by. Thanks for bringing us in for this spooky episode. <laughs> now, now, Pete, why would we have uh, someone like Rich who knows about werewolves? What, what are we talking about? <laughs> Funny you should ask. Uh, well, today we're talking about uh, An American Werewolf in London, the, the movie. Uh, it was released in uh, 1981. August of 1981, so it's kind of end of the summer movie, written and directed by John Landis. Two years before I was born. Wow, really? Yeah. What? Right. How could be people be born in the 80s? I don't understand. <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, it's got, uh, well, we'll talk about the cast, but uh, it's got David Naughton, Jenny Agutter. Agutter? Agutter? I always went Agutter. Agutter. Uh, and Griffin Dunn. As in, my mind is in. <laughs> she gives me a gutter flies in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a uh, it's a weird place that this movie uh, sits in because it's a horror comedy, which is not an easy genre. It's kind of two different ends of uh, of a of a spectrum almost, you know, because it's making you feel happy and scared at the same time. Which when I was looking it up, I looked at the uh, I was trying to figure out why you know most people like it. It's, it's, it's a great it's movie. a great movie. It's got a, a classic you know. It's got a really good uh, kind of like a B plus A minus zone on on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and I was looking at the reviews on Amazon, almost universally positive. You know, mostly four or five stars. I was looking at the one star reviews. That's a, that's always a great time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of the reviews are, uh, hey, you know, my DVD was broken, or like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I, you know, I tried to play this and the audio quality isn't what I was expecting. I and could stuff not like that. watch this obviously <laughs> awesome movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then there's a handful of people that are just like, wait, I don't get it. Like, is it supposed to be funny or is it supposed to be scary? And so it's a weird kind of balance. The I, I can see why maybe it wouldn't be as popular. Well, those you know, people are stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, like if not the best uh, horror comedy, you know, I mean, you could yeah. maybe you could maybe make an Evil Dead, you True. know, yeah. argument. And no, this is better that. than Evil Dead. This is better than Evil Dead. <laughs> There's Mike making that argument. It. Well, I think it's a, I think it's I, I I mean I would say it's a I would say it's a better movie than either a, mm. Evil Dead as a movie. But if you want to specifically drill down into horror comedy, I think an argument could be made. I mean, I you know, it's uh, this is a this is one of those movies you can really show anybody, I think. I mean, yeah. I, 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 even the gore, I think, because the story and the characters come from such a real place. And uh, it does what I love in any sci-fi or horror movie, which is uh, it's the principle of, uh, of, of just change one thing. Like, just change mm -hmm. one tiny little thing and everything else plays completely straight. You know, it's uh, and it's just these guys are walking through the moors and, you know... All right, werewolves are real, and he gets bitten, and then you just don't change anything else, and all the ripples. It's it's similar to uh, 
like Back to the Future does it too, where it's right. like the only thing you have to buy is that crazy guy invents time machine out of DeLorean. Right. Yeah. And everything else flows organically and character-based from there. And I think this movie does that, too. <laughs> this is a great date movie, too. I've never been on a date with, <laughs> to, to see Ever? this. Yeah, you could have you cut it there. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like, I've never... In, in theory to me, this would be a great date movie. Like, just chill on the couch, watch mm-hmm. this movie, because it's, it's got enough, like, uh, jump-inducing moments, but it's also, you know, good laughs, and it's just well-paced. I love well, this movie. You bring that up, and is that is it partially because of the thriller video that it makes you think of dates? Because that's oh, Jonathan, wow, Landis totally... went on, Jonathan Landis went on to do the thriller video, right? Or is it, which one came first? I feel like this came first. Yeah, I don't know why I think one, that. Right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, so the thriller video is the werewolves thing, and yeah, that starts off with a date. So, because hmm. I, I I don't know about you guys, but that's what you're thinking, Adam. You're like, it'll yeah. be like I'm on a date. I'm Michael Jackson. <laughs> you just I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear the, the cat eyes contact lenses. <laughs> also, I mean, you could even argue that maybe this gets tagged as a horror comedy just because Landis is the director and he's this mm-hmm. comedy guy comes with the comedy pedigree, obviously. But I mean, like, really, it's not a comedy. I mean, there's. The humor that's in it usually is, I mean, I guess the the bit of the ghost coming back and talking to him, but it's 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 really the ghost is doing funny things, yeah, you know. Right. I mean, Which it's is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, like that that whole trope is uh, is is yeah. thrilling, but it's but I mean, it's not like you know, it's thrilling. Well, okay. I feel, I feel like right. that was you know a good way to market it because of his all of John Landis's success. Like it's funny, like you get you look at the movie poster and it's from the director of uh, Animal House, a different kind of animal. Yeah. And then it's an American werewolf in London. Well, that's the got copywriter movie. written all over it, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. some guy just was, yeah, practically like, hey, typed it out. Let's put this on there. Broke his own <laughs> wrist, tapping himself on the back for coming up with that one. But, you know, you know, actually, I'm going to go back on what I said, though. That I think what really does sort of cement this as a comedy, if there is something as a comedy, is the, uh, the music throughout. Right. It, yeah. It's that, all this high, you know, moon-themed... You know, sometimes romance songs. Right. You know, and uh, just that contrast is is great with the transformation, with the end of the movie. I mean, the end of the movie with uh, it's it's uh, isn't it just to the ba 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 ba. Right. Isn't that the end? Like the end credits. It's like Full Metal Jacket esque. You <laughs> yeah. know, the movie Which, that it made me uh, think of wasn't actually like Evil Dead. It was more actually Cabin in the Woods. Um, I still haven't seen that. I heard it's no. really good. That was good. Well, the, what's rare? I you think need about to Kevin. go on a date <laughs> and so see Cabin in the Woods. That's I'm, what you need to do. I'm so very alone. <laughs> same thing where um, I guess Cabin in the Woods actually might technically be funnier because I think you're right that this movie's not like funny, funny. It's not like a slapstick comedy, um, but it is entirely engaging throughout, which is pretty rare for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you'd just be waiting for the you know the stuff to happen mm-hmm. um that's but the characters movie. are good yeah, it's a totally different en- movie the stuff you just enjoy watching <laughs> david and jack stuff. interact i thought i thought that the relationship between uh david and and the nurse actually was you know it wasn't boring it wasn't like i was just waiting for them to get past that so he could change you know like it was all it all worked out like the whole movie's entertaining like if he had just been hurt like if he just twisted his ankle on the moor and his right. friend died it still would be a pretty good story about this american coming in and meeting a pretty nurse and you know it's like a darker sleepless uh not sleepless in seattle what's the one with sandra bullock while you were sleeper. sleeping sleeper. No, while while you were sleeping <laughs> you know guy gets injured and girl comes in and pretends I will to be say that lady. while you were sleeping would be vastly improved by a couple werewolf attacks. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> Most things would be. I think. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I want to I want to toss this in cuz I'm I'm 
you know, like I said, this movie came out two years before I was born. Mm-hmm. In my 31 years of existence, I generally only recognize three werewolf movies that I've watched repeatedly, you know, growing up. And that's... I'll bet you I can guess what they are. Are you talking about, like, you, you, you know automatically like, too? I can... recognizes things? Yes. You <laughs> yes. recognize. I, I turn my head to the others. You're like, but that's not a werewolf I want to see if Rich can get all three. Hold on, well, I'll write them down Are real they quick. the ones that came out this, well, this we, same We can summer? do the honor system. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. It's fun because I like showing them to Pete just okay. so he knows. So hold on. All right. He likes showing me things that he's written. Okay. We he's already we already write. know that uh, that uh, this is one of them. So I'm just going to write the other two. Wolf with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh wow! I forgot that existed. Okay, so he doesn't Rich. recognize. Okay, it. now the, the categories are: these are the only three werewolf movies that you acknowledge, or like, that, that you I feel just, like that I always think about. You know, that I'll go and watch. You know, it's just like the ones. I, that I, still... I would. I'd say the Howling has probably got to be in there. No, no, really? yeah. not the Howling. Yeah, uh, would have been my first go-to. My first guess: mm. American Werewolf from Paris. <laughs> I I was going to talk about that movie. I saw I, I, that in theaters. We'll get to that. We'll get, yeah, like we'll that. get to that. I like that movie. Um, I probably uh, the Wolfman, Lon Chaney no. Jr. Neither one of those. See, is that, yeah. that's, uh, oh, wait, is that's it, a, what's the one with Wolf, Wolfman's movie. Got Nards? Is it that one? Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. No, not Monster Squad. Apparently, wow. it's uh, mm. Teen Wolf and Silver Bullet. No. Silver Bullet's a good one. <laughs> All right, that's probably a good. That's a good choice. I haven't seen Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet's pretty good, and Teen Wolf has one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. <laughs> so. If anyone's really? listening, that's go a check bold, out like that for soundtrack. like the the actual songs or is there the actual song the songs are great I, I still listen to that soundtrack <laughs> regularly and Boof is just the prettiest girl <laughs> in the world <laughs> Speaking of pretty girls, let's <laughs> let's go through the cast a little bit. Um, we've got David making it Naughton, uh, you know, most famously. It, Would you it like was his to most be famous a thing. Pepper too? Yeah, he was the, the, the Dr. Pepper, Pepper guy. Yeah, Dr. Pepper guy. I also know him as uh, the guy from Midnight Madness, which out of uh, 1980-ish. It was right before this, I think. Kind right of before Disney. I was born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like a doc- the guy in the movie. Dr. Pepper ad, though, is the perfect guy to be sort of the dumb American lost in the foreign land turning into a werewolf. Like, right. it's a, such a, you want, you want, you know, Opie, kind of, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, you know, I didn't think that this was the best performance I'd seen from an actor, David Naughton. In, in, this, this, in movie. this movie in particular? Yes. There's a lot of things that it seemed like he wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. He was just reading it. There was... Um... I, I, this is one of those movies that I've been watching since I was a very little kid. So I've lost my ability to gauge whether it's good or bad, but I, it is good. Um, <laughs> but I did think there was one very clangy bad line, um, with, delivered by David Naughton when he, uh, when he wakes up in the zoo. Right. And he's surrounded by the lions and he says something, he does some sticky, he's like, oh, hey, yeah. uh, take my calls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, like, wacky, I'm in a movie guy. I'm, uh, I'm like Michael Bond J. Bill, Fox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, no one's watching you, naked man in the, uh, in the lives. And you don't, who are you, who are you doing this routine for? Um, but otherwise, I disagree. I think he was quite good. Oh. Well, the, he, he's, he's an asked to do a lot, really. I mean, the whole movie really happens around him. Yeah. Right. You know, it's I mean, like, it, kind of it, like it puts everyone in his, in his perspective. It's a good perspective for the mm-hmm. audience. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he doesn't get killed, you know, I mean, the, he sort of walks sort of through the movie. He makes sort of a... I have a question for you guys. Yeah. 
How old do you think his character is? I want to say like mid twenties, like you know, backpacking kind of. Right. Young I guy. assumed, yeah, just out of college or maybe yeah, taking yeah. a year off after college. It, he does, yeah. Again, yeah, that's another have... thing. After seeing it so many times, uh, it just you know he was always like a grown up. <laughs> you know, when I right. saw him as a kid, yeah. and now yeah. it's like it didn't even occur to me. Well, yeah, so he... they're on these two guys. They're on a vacation, but Jack is talking a lot about a girl that they've known since eighth grade. So yeah. that made me think they're in high school, college. <laughs> they're in their 30s. <laughs> so they're definitely older than high school, right? These, yeah. But you don't get the impression this is like they're immediately after senior year trip. You think it's maybe a couple years later? I mean, it could be. I He does have an NYU shirt, oh. um, which makes me think it, he's either in college or immediately out of college. Um, and he does, when he calls home and talks to his family, the kids are relatively young. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sister's like he 12, talks to right? his sister, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe late teens. So there's a scene, there's one of his flashback dreams. He's he's doing homework. Um, so, mm. right. So, and his kids don't, his little sister doesn't look much younger than 12 there, right? Right. So I would say, I, I think I'm going to go with college. You guys agree? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so that was a long way of me getting to the. I think he does actually pull off a, a pretty good range of uh, personalities because he does have to act like a little kid sometimes when he's scared, like and he runs back to go save Jack. Right. Um, but he also is a very cool guy who gets laid by the nurse, you know. And he, uh, you know, he seems very sort of like he's, you know, worldly enough to, you know, be comfortable around women. You know, right. he doesn't. There's none of that like eh, I'm a virgin kind the, of stuff. The, the first line from the plot on IMDb. Two American college students, David Kessler and Jack Goodman. There you go. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, what do they although, know? You know, to be fair, if if movies that I've seen are any indication, like, it doesn't take a lot to sleep with Jenny Agutter. Agutter. Agutterfly. Agutter. You're thinking about, like, the Railroad Children, whatever she was in that, right? Uh, Logan's Run and this. Oh. That's my main my main point of reference. You just, you just made a mental note to go watch Logan, Logan's Run, didn't you? Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> Actually, for my 30th birthday, I dressed as uh, one of the, whatchamacallit, uh, Sandman? Or yes. Runner? Yeah. Because I was like, it's kind of suitable. My whole 30th birthday party was themed right. around Logan's Run. Nice. So, uh, Pete, though, you, did, you didn't find them charming, their, uh, the banter between the two friends? You didn't find that believable? Yeah, I did. Well, that, I mean, I guess. Uh, well, Griffin Dunn, I find really charismatic and really charming. I like mm-hmm. him a lot in this. You are charmed by Griffin Dunn. <laughs> I am. I am. I am mystified by the magic, mystical forces of the Griffin Dunn. <laughs> um, he, I, I'm surprised that, I, well, originally I was surprised that he didn't do that much. I was like, how come I, I didn't really see him in much after this? But he's been in a bunch of things. Which is, he was never a huge star, but he's he's been in stuff after he's, this. And He's after hours, isn't he? Am I making yeah, that up? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, forget that. Oh, and then that, yeah, and then that. Whereas David Naughton, he's never been much of anything, right? Yeah, I feel like David Naughton kind of peaked with this, and then just not totally disappeared, but... Uh, he didn't want to well, be typecast. He, he, he got typecast as an incredibly realistic werewolf, and <laughs> yeah. if you don't have Rick Baker, that's a very difficult... <laughs> yeah. He keeps... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, so what do you do? Well, I can play a werewolf. Great. Like, uh, do you have, you know, like makeup yeah. or something? No, no you have well, your stuff, right? You, no, do that part, you set so it up. It. Yeah. Actually, can I see your portfolio? Because I have standards. I will not be represented as a shoddy werewolf. Right. I've but, seen like all these, I saw these photos of him online, like how he looks now. Right. And he's like more of like a, you know, a heavy set, middle-aged, burly, like he looks like an investment banker or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he looks like, you know, somebody who's golfing on the weekends and 
he could easily be playing characters like the asshole dad right. in, in movies. He should be. So maybe he's not that good of an actor because he has the look. He could play a, a dad who doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see the dad who doesn't get it, the asshole banker dad who's also a werewolf. That's, yeah. that's the movie. Oh, that's true. And then he would learn to spend time with his kids by the end. Right. I guarantee that would be the message that he has to not work so hard <laughs> and be a werewolf anymore. Right. An American asshole banker werewolf <laughs> in London. Um, that's another argument that it's a comedy is the title is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like just it, it's it's iconic. I mean, I guess it's an American in Paris is sort of what it is reminiscent of. Right. Um, Isn't it also something Werewolves of London? Isn't that a song? Uh, I think that yeah. came out afterwards, didn't it? I mean, it's Warren Zevon, but I, I... No, I think it was before that, because apparently on one of the commentary tracks for the one of the many myriad releases of this movie, on the commentary, um, Griffin Dunn and David Naughton were just like, yeah, we, I, we have no idea why they didn't use that song in this, <laughs> because that would have been completely appropriate. But I think that is more about... Uh, that's more in reference to... There was an old Wolfman Released werewolf in 1978, movie called... Yes. Uh, called Werewolf of London, mm -hmm. I think. It's, like so a it's, a very, it's like a white, puffy werewolf, I believe. Ah, so <laughs> Werewolves of right. London was about the franchise. Right. That was yeah, that, that family restaurant. Uh, um, Fredericks of Hollywood. All right, so we, we kind of danced around it a tiny bit. Um, there was, in fact, a sequel to this. <sighs> so oh. it's, it's so bad. I can, I, I, it's, it's horrible. I haven't uh, seen it. I, I saw it in it. theaters. Just bad movie. <laughs> Rich seems to disagree. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I went into it with the principle that, of course, it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And CGI werewolves are sort of bad. Yeah, um, especially when you think that's of another how family great the werewolves chains. The werewolf effects were in this movie. It's like, come on. But I thought I thought the story was fun. I kind of like the you know. I think Julie Delpy is a great actress, oh, and I love you know, her. it's sort of this. It's funny to see an actress that good just slumming it so hard yeah. <laughs> in something like this. You know, with Tom Everett Scott, I just don't like that guy. I have a personal, I read a, personal I read, vendetta. I read a tidbit on that movie. Okay, uh, that. Um, Julie Delpy's character is actually supposed to be the daughter of, of David and Alex. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like they mention in a deleted scene or something. Which, doesn't that nullify the whole plot of the first one? Like, the whole thing is like, he's got to die so that the bloodline is broken and all the all the undead can return to their lives. They can exit limbo and do their whole thing. Yeah, but then in the sequel, there's like a whole clan of werewolves. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them. Yeah, there's a shit ton Are of werewolves. There, I, don't I feel like it's always people. a problem when there's more than one werewolf. Yeah. Like, whenever there's, you know what they're I mean? They're all like, into each other. They're all, like, <laughs> <laughs> fighting over bits of meat. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, are they, is, are the, I haven't seen Paris. Well, apparently the American werewolf the Paris. one who bit David right. was part of this other clan, apparently. Oh, okay. So that's why it's not so super that, direct. It didn't even matter. Yeah. David could have just gone off and lived a happy life as a werewolf man with Jenny a gutter. Because those zombies are not being left, let undead because right. he was not the last of them. Right. Were there yeah. zombies in the sequel? I don't think there were. No, no, no. It's just werewolves. 
which is yeah. like b- one yeah. of the greatest tropes in the thing is that that's what happens to the werewolf's victims and yeah. you know oh no that. wait there was there was one one of his friends i forgot cuz you know they need that character to explain everything but then it got much more complicated cuz i remember like when he first showed up i'm like okay yeah they're doing this thing and and his information was so precise it's like yeah you need to eat the heart <laughs> of this other werewolf <laughs> And like, then we'll sweep the leg. Then it'll be done. The heart, <laughs> but that's yeah, an watched, illegal move. <laughs> I watched that somewhat recently. The the CGI. It's like watching um, you know, like a video game. Yeah. Like, but like it's that early CGI when it was really like watching a video game, like where <laughs> you know they look just like clunky rendered three three D. You know, like Mortal Kombat type yeah. stuff. Mm. Um, See, I, I haven't seen this, as I said, so I'm just picturing Altered Beast, the video game. Spoilers, yeah, kind of, it's a lot like yeah. that. It's exactly like that. And <laughs> since she's the daughter of, she was born a werewolf, so she mm-hmm. has more control. Like, there are moments where you could see, like, uh, like she, like, acknowledges and, you know, she won't attack a certain person, you know, okay. stuff like that. But, yeah, it's kind of a dumb movie. It was, uh, you know. Well, you look at it and you go, man, I wish this could be as good as Van Helsing. <laughs> well the thing there's is like no stagecoach making a uh a jump across the river the thing is like i found it's like kind of a sweet cgi <laughs> werewolf change in the movie though there's... i found i found like the zombie to be such a crutch in this one i was like ah where it's kind of like the same thing like in the original where he's providing exposition mm-hmm. but i feel like it was so much like it was just so well done in that first one that you don't even go like what did he die and like someone's like here are all the answers right well also what it, to do with it. it it's so sort of silly that for the sequel, they just change American Werewolf in Paris, which is clearly like it's a marketing tool to make. Oh, well, it's American Werewolf somewhere yeah. else, but I mean, it's clearly not because the first American Werewolf died. Yeah, <laughs> so he's not. So it's just you know that now you have to construct an actual plot around this marketing trope. So it's like, all right, well, we'll have another guy. Yeah. It should have been and another he'll, he'll come, another American and Werewolf. This one will happen Paris. on the you know <laughs> on the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> and they're gonna, they're gonna bungee jump no. in the sequel. Yeah, because someone, one of you guys said something about them being dumb Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the sequel is more the like uh, hostile, you know, those horror movies like um, characters of like you know annoying dumb frat boy American Americans. Mm-hmm. Like I maintain that Jack and David are very likable. Yes, um, they don't actually come up as dumb. They have like you know they're, they're, the dialogue between them is, is likable. Um, and it bothers me that you just said something about like how uh, in the sequel they're hypothesizing that the the werewolf that bites Jack in the beginning of this one has something to do with the clan in France. You said that? Yeah, it's like it's like he's part of this group or something like that, if I remember correctly. That's lame, because one of the things I think is so great about American Werewolf in London is that a lot of stuff just doesn't get explained. Like, they never actually explain, like, what's going on with that village or who that mm-hmm. werewolf was. Yeah. Right. Like, it's all just sort of like... We just move on, like yeah. you said. Like that's you know, enough. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah, the, the pub. They like, literally stop yeah. you from like someone angrily stops the exposition. They're about to get into it. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah. like that. That, that guy should just be in just... every movie where it starts to go like uh, they're starting to way over explain it. Like that guy yeah. should have come out in you know Star Wars Episode One and like when they were talking about midichlorians, just the same. <laughs> Wrong podcast. That's enough. Beat. That's what you want. Do you want the that's enough guy? I want him to be in every show up. Be like, well, you know what? But that's enough. Right. I want to mix that pub with the uh, the diner from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? The Large Marge Diner. Mm. Just have all those people intermingle, yeah, <laughs> intertwine. You guys see the Rick Mayo car- cameo mm-hmm. in yeah. the pub? Yeah. When I was a little kid, that I, was, I loved the young ones as well, so I was very excited about that that crossover. 
He doesn't do much in it. In your mind, it is a crossover. It's the same it is. shared I'm universe. Like... That's just. Uh... There's a lot. Somebody should do some kind of supercut of just Rick Mail not being funny in movies. Just to, <laughs> if you're a fan of the young ones, you're like, hey, hey, it's oh, he's just oh. gonna stand there and look British. Okay, all right, there he is. fair enough. <laughs> all right, just remember the Alamo. Right. Okay, There's one line. <laughs> just incredibly not used. It's just right. Dude, right. He's just there to be there. You know, mm-hmm. He looks British. Now, now, uh, can I jump into this now? Can we talk about your first time seeing the transformation scene? Oh wait, I was going to want to hold off on that. Well, we were talking about the sequel. I also wanted to mention. I did. I just read about this. I didn't know. I haven't seen it, but I want to look it up now. The, the Bollywood ripoff from 1992. Ooh, called uh, Junoon, J U N O O N. Okay, it's apparently like the exact same plot. They just took the plot of of American Werewolf in London. Please in, tell me they sing. Indianized it a little bit. Oh, I didn't even check that. Oh, I'll have to look it up. They Indianized it a little, like the circumstances a little bit, and Made instead of a spicier. wolf, he turns into a tiger. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> but apparently the plot is kind of note for note, uh, American Werewolf in London. And when the, when the credits end, they comically uh, cut to Eye of the Tiger. Is that the, can, we, can we think of the tiger-themed songs? But it's a, it's a, like a, a, yeah, you know, I'm good with that one. <laughs> an Indian version, like a sitar version of Eye of the yeah. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new wedding song. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't made it past dating yet, yeah, no, but no, I'm already, yeah, already planning my wedding soundtrack. <laughs> You're becoming such a man in the, yes, the course of this. We're episode. doing it, guys. <laughs> Can I throw out a critique of the movie, or, or a, of which one, the original or the sequel, or of the original, okay. or of Junoon, or Junoon? <laughs> Pete, you have to understand that when we talk about the sequel, it's like when Alex brings up the the prequels of Star Wars. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You refuse to acknowledge its existence. I do. <laughs> um, do you think it's strange? Because you talked about like everything being realistic in this movie, um, aside from the werewolves. But the other thing that is very unrealistic is that uh, David's parents don't come to England after he's in a coma for three weeks. And all there is is like just someone from the embassy being like, we've told your parents that, you know, you're <laughs> <laughs> in the hospital in a coma. It's fine. Yeah, that was no, cool. I never thought of that. Well, it's probably pretty expensive to get to London. True. Could be, but if I mean, well, his parents are you know, Jewish. They're, they're already paying him to get through NYU. What do you want out of yeah. these people? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're Long Island Jews who go to NYU, so yeah, they're they could, uh, one would yeah. think they could. No, uh, I, I even looked up the area code. I can't remember the name of the um, <laughs> the town, but I think it is a. Uh, oh yeah, I we, can't remember if it's a because it's a five one six number, so it's Nassau yeah. County. So we're talking, you know, Gold Coast. Is that money? <clears throat> oh yeah, their plane was in the shop. <laughs> that they own. <laughs> Maybe they did. Oh, come I do. I mean, nineteen eighty-one airfare is a lot. Um, is a is a. I I have. Can we back up a second? Not even like Griffin Dunn's out. parents show up. That came out really weird. And Dominic Dunn is loaded. <laughs> <laughs> that guy could definitely afford it. Yeah, he could have flown all of them out. Yeah. I felt like that came out very strange. Where I'm like, they could afford it. They're Jewish. Let me rephrase that. Like, that was a weird thing that I. <laughs> I was more excited to just bring up the fact that I, he's sort of like a Jewish hero in a way. Like I never realized it when he, I was a kid because I didn't know any Jewish people. Um, but you know, he's he's you know he's a strong character and he's not you know he, again he's sort of not that sort of like Woody Allen kind of nebbishy sort of thing. Like he's right. a well, it seems know, like the whole the, the, the Jewish thing almost sort of got shoehorned in there just so they could do nazi werewolves right oh you know? yeah that that yeah, i mean that. there's not there's yeah, there isn't really a overt jewishness he's, he just seems like a you know a upper middle class college kid yeah. right. you know doing what upper middle class college kids do i don't know i saw some people uh i read some things they're talking about the uh the like the, the sort of the subtext of the holocaust throughout the movie hmm. um because there's nazi werewolves yeah. um there and 
the idea that this person was throwing forth was that it, you know he's sort of a survivor, um, and he's sort of having to deal with guilt of being a survivor, um, and he is also sort of uh, different than the people he's surrounded by. He's sort of out of place, um, you know, because he's in London. And there's other sort of references to World War II. The uh, the doctor talks about being you know a, a fighter. Was it? Or he said he survives Rommel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so there's something about you know if I survive Rommel, I can survive this or something yeah. like that. Um, but I, I was watching it to try to pick up a more subtext, and I didn't see a lot more. I was kind of hoping there'd be more. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to be this one, un, like a one unlocking concept, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, and this is this, and you're going to tie it all together. Be, yeah, it didn't werewolf. really kind of work. I'm like, well. Oh, it's about a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. You know, I wanted to be something like a little more there, but yeah, there's not, not too much more. When I was a child uh, in England, um, my grandmother had a VCR. In, so I was born in 1975. Um, so I guess sometime around 1982, 1983, my grandmother had a VCR. Um, and she had taped American Marvel London off of the television. And it was the only thing she had at her house to watch. <laughs> I have an exact story like that. Yeah, that's, but ours was. Uh, you went we, to Mike's we, grandma's house. <laughs> yes, and she was like, "This is all I have." And she no, said, but I, 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 my I, dad I, put it on. Wait, wait. <laughs> put on the time for the werewolf. <laughs> you, you laugh, but that's an incredible impression of his grandmother. <laughs> No, but I, I just I, all I want to do is back up and reaffirm, like that. I, you know, the two video cassettes that you have, it's sort of unique to our generation. You know, that uh, you know, like uh, we had uh, Flash Gordon in French and <laughs> The Wizard of Oz in English, and we when I was in France, and we watched them over and over and over and over. Wow. Again. I mean, the thing was, like in those days, I mean, like I wasn't allowed to touch the VCR, so there was no rewinding. So we'd watch the the whole thing through, and I was only like you know eight or nine years old, so I didn't you know still in that fuzzy area where you're not quite getting plot you know picking right. up on a lot of things um but yeah like i was watching this movie over and over again like um it's very formative <laughs> was formative the right word I don't know. it was my formative years it had it had a big influence on me yeah. was it was it censored there's a good deal of gore and nudity and not a good nope, deal of nudity not at but... all. we would watch it and every time they were cursed or something happened my grandmother would go oh, <laughs> terrible <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like she really should just get another movie. If she be <laughs> <laughs> watching this over and over again, uh, yeah, I just lay awake, terrified at night when I visit my grandmother. <laughs> Mike, I think time so to she, go she, visit your grandmother. I don't want to. No, it's exciting. Full moon. Go, she, she must have known the see you next Wednesday scene is coming. I mean, right. that's. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yep. I mean, every in time England, you know, nudity is a little different. Um, nudity is different in England. Nudity is the same in England. We have naked. <laughs> in nudity, it's reversed. Right. Um, but in English newspapers, you know, in England they do it with clothes on. <laughs> yeah, but they have uh, nudity in the newspapers. Yeah, you know, right. like I'm three, moving. You know, there's not like hardcore sex in this movie. There's just the "See You Next Wednesday" scene, which is just boobs. And I always wasn't sure if you saw Alex's boobs in the makeout scene, and you do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, but I wasn't able to rewind and freeze frame <laughs> like, like dad's old VCR, so you know, never quite confirm. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been good anyway. A VCR, all you know, those lines going up and down. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, and I was terrified of the part, the, the one specific dream that scared me to, you know, beyond anything, and still kind of scares me. Um, is is just the one where he's laying in the hospital bed in the in the woods, and you see the quick jump cut of him, you know, with the fright mask face. 
Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I couldn't watch that. I had to hide behind the couch when that one came on. Yeah, that's very much like a startle moment. Yeah. Which is also, you know, reminiscent. Well, I guess uh, Thriller is kind of reminiscent of that because this is kind mm-hmm. of a first draft for that, it's that same kind of jump moment in Thriller. Mm. Well, I think what's also thrilling in that, too, is that great scare where the dream ends and then right. there's the, the, within that dream there is another scare, like, you know, that he would wake up from the dream, but he hasn't really woken up from the dream. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah, so it's a great moment, too. Once he a, breaks out of that rare. one, then we were kind of expecting, like, then somebody else comes in and opens, I think the orderly comes in and opens the windows, and you're half expecting that to happen again. Like, yeah. Uh, like, keep cycling. Keep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody opens a window and not see mutant werewolves ah! come break in. It's one of the rare movies, uh, this is another thing that's sort of funny, because I, I just said there's only boobs in it. There is actually full frontal male nudity in the movie as well, which is a... Uh, you know, not like a full-on like shot, like hair, take it in. You, know, <laughs> you do see plenty of shots of him running around naked, and you do see stuff jangling around and a, and a hairy bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, oh. I, I my uh, bad punny note for that was David Naughton spends a lot of time with not on. Mm-hmm. Ah, get out. Well, also backs up the comedy if you use the uh, right. the Andy Richter theory of male nudity, uh, which is naked man with a boner. Terrifying. <laughs> Naked man, no boner, hilarious. <laughs> I was uh, saying on Twitter the other day, there was an episode of the HBO show The Leftovers, um, which I kind of can't, I'm trying to watch, but it's tedious. The Food oh. Network must be pissed that they yeah, missed a boat on that. <laughs> but there's a... Um, there was a naked man in an episode, and he's like a raving like nut job, and he's got no pants on. And I tweeted like, "Well, kudos to HBO for you know you know showing uh, you know male nudity because you know normally they don't. You see a lot of boobs <laughs> and stuff, but you never see like male nudity. Um, but uh, some a woman tweeted back to me, a girl, and she was like, um, all we ever get is a raving lunatic, <laughs> like balls <laughs> jangling around, like." You know, Men get all the, uh, you know, the women <laughs> in all sorts of different ways on HBO, and all they ever get is like a gibbering, pantless, you know, you know fool. Um, so funny. I guess David Dalton, in a way, like he's not crazy, like he's, you know, he's not, and he's no. not like raving, like lunatic. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I guess you just can't parts. put a, an, a boner in it, though. What is the? <laughs> I'm just what gonna... is the? What's the level of like erectness that that would take it from? From okay, this is fun to like this is alarming. <laughs> there's there's actually a legal um, mandate for that. Oh really? Was it uh, Kevin Kevin Bacon in uh, in that movie? In, Wild uh, Things. Wild Things is that the level? Mm. I will also tell you, of... that, like American Werewolf in London, the transformation from those two is also tremendously terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Watching that transformation close up, I'm right. telling you, those, those special effects, Rick Baker's special <laughs> yeah. effects, are amazing. <laughs> Look. The... Yeah. Swelling up. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that CGI just can't capture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they did it in America with Paris, it looked like a video game penis. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Mike, how many video games have penises in them? Tons of them. Mike, you gave gave me a great idea to pitch a show to HBO. It's about a very calm and collected guy who has his life together, has a good job, very responsible, but he's always naked. So, you know, women would love that, right? They would enjoy that. But <laughs> So how far could they go, though? Because can he get... What is the mandate, Pete? Do you know? Do you, have you looked it up? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look it up in the background. It has something... To, it's the Mull of Kintyre. You, you don't know, just know... You know the <laughs> no, McCartney song, Mull of Kintyre? What does that mean? Like, bobbing up? Uh, there's a... <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this right now. There's a peninsula... Um, Off the coast of Scotland. That's pretty... That's pretty... That's like a... 
what would that be like i think that's the legal like uh, I'm, I'm looking for the specific thing but there, there's a legal kind that's of barely uh, anything like edict. that's just it's an unofficial an guideline used by publishers in the media to decide what degree of erection and an, an image of a man's penis can be shown and so the 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 way that the mole of Kintyre keeps moving his arms. Yeah, the way the mole of Kintyre kind of uh, hangs off the the uh, it droops down <laughs> flaccidly off the side of Scotland. Right, and so you can't have it more than that. That's just defying the laws of gravity, like pulling up against gravity. It's just hard to, <laughs> hard to just have a tiny little lift. One last thing to bring it back is <laughs> that David is talking. When he wakes up in the wood in the zoo, he feels awesome and his whole body feels alive, and he's also in a state of arousal. So he frankly should be <laughs> defying the bell of Kintyre law as he runs around the zoo. Right. But I guess that would make the scene where he steals the balloons very uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I, for, I there for, should be more boners. I forget when he when he reverts back. Is he ever like worn like? You know, he'll wake up. He might be worn out from that, but he's never like injured or anything, right? No, I think just the opposite. I think yeah, he, like he it's like rejuvenates more, him, yeah. right? It's like a fresh. Well, now what's the time frame on this? Like, is it, it's it's another uh, one moon cycle has passed. Is that what they say? He's been in a coma for three weeks. So then, when the three full moon comes coma. back, right. he just turns yeah. into the werewolf that one time, and then that's it. Although there is the a second night, he no, he turns. He, no, he turns. Yeah, twice. Right. Okay. Second night becomes a wolf, but he dies. Yeah, yeah. So he has right, one right. awesome night where he feels great. Right, but it's two uh, two nights of a full moon, which is not you know our calendars are not precise when it comes to everything. But uh, it's weird that he was saying you know he turns into a wolf the one night and then he's like no there's going to be a full moon tonight and I'm going to turn into a werewolf and mm-hmm. we were like wait we just saw that like I thought that was just <laughs> kind of yeah it's a little uh, it's always fun to see how people tackle those rules right you know and uh, and and. Like uh, in our book, we decided to do it. Um, well, we, we, it's it, it, the way we decided to do it in our book was that uh, I think it's the same rules as in Buffy, where it's the day before the full moon, the day of the full moon, and the day after the full moon. I need okay. to watch Buffy still. And uh, Buffy's got some good werewolf stuff in it. Um, and uh, what we had considered doing in the book, interestingly enough, which is uh, we had I'd written a gag in the blog that the way someone changes into a werewolf is. When the moon transitions into a full moon, you change. And when you're, it's in a full moon, you don't change. And when it transitions out of the full moon, you change. Idea being, when the moon is changing in and out, so are you. Oh, so you're linked to And yeah. the, the reason I did that in the, in the blog was um, I, want, I had a gag where he turns into a werewolf. And then the next day he's like, oh, crap, I'm a werewolf. I got to lock myself up. So he locks himself up to his bed naked. And then, of course, doesn't change into a werewolf. And then you get to have gags where he's locked. You know, you are naked, locked up, and you're right. in that embarrassing situation. And then, of course, you're like, hey, well, it was a one-time thing. I'm cured. And then you can rampage again mm-hmm. on the next night. And we decided not to do that for the book because uh, it just seemed like we were telling people, oh, wait, so you, the only time you don't change into a werewolf is on a full moon. Like, that's bullshit. You can't. <laughs> Going completely against to, everything that we've learned. You know. The, all we know is the full moon. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you can't change the one rule that everybody agrees on just to make it your own thing. Maybe you could in a movie or in a, you know, something to, to, to you know, set yourself apart a little bit. But 
Uh, yeah, they, they do a little kind of playing with the with the rules thing in this because he uh, Jack is telling him he's got to kill himself. He's like, don't I need like a silver bullet or something? And he's like, oh, please, like that's mm-hmm. the movies or something like that. Like, be serious. Yeah. Jack <laughs> is seriously yeah, one of the best parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. There's a funny thing with the timing on Jack because, he, you know, it's cool that every time he sees him, he's in a later state of decay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually been over three weeks from when he was killed to the point he shows up the first time and he's all fresh and new and bloody. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually only a day later, like each time. So he's like, actually like he stayed pretty well preserved those first three weeks. And then he goes into like a rapid decay as soon as like, you know, the, the we get to the point where the next full moon comes around. Do you think it's because he's not real? Like it's all well, just that's, in his head. that's the yeah. interesting question is, is he a figment of David's mind or, or isn't he? Um, yeah. Like him trying to just like reason it all out, I guess, because the information that he does bequeath to him, it could also just be his head like trying to make sense of all this crazy shit that's going on. Right. So then again, why have to kill himself if it's only figments of his imagination? Probably part of that survival Possibly to stop killing people. Possibly to stop going out and murdering people. Right. (laughs) Every full moon. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's just kind of... uh, It's his conscience, maybe. Yeah. It's like his Jiminy Cricket. Yes. In the, bloody throat open, throat hanging open, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, in, in the in the book, we basically rip off almost this entire segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, well, the the book is a it's a it's a handbook of how to survive if you're a werewolf. You know, which is a pretty well worn uh, trope as an idea. But what we wanted to do is for people who liked all werewolf movies, you know, there should be something for each person who, who did this. And so we had a whole segment just called conversations with dead people mm-hmm. where it's like ghosts will show up and they will <laughs> talk to you and they aren't real. And we just took the hardline stance that, you know, the, 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 that they weren't real. And this was, you know, or even if they are real, they can't hurt you because they're ghosts. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, words hurt. <laughs> Those ghosts are very irresponsible. They're sitting in the movie theater taking way too long to discuss how he should kill himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Lousy. And not, no one actually saying, whoa, guys, what time is it? <laughs> like, what's going on outside? Wait, is the moon coming? Oh, crap. Yeah, and also nobody's, you know, nobody's shushing them. Nobody, this whole thing's going on there. And they're, they're being uh, impolite moviegoers. up at the front, they're masturbating. They don't, they <laughs> right. don't mind what's going on in the back Yes, the rules are talking. different in a showing of <laughs> See You Next Wednesday. <laughs> yes, you could, be, you could text 